30 teams, 30 days, 30 pods. This team sucks, but we love them dearly. Let's talk about the Kansas City Royals. What is going on, baseball fans? My name is Jack, joined here by Lorenzo, and we are We Got Ice, here to talk some Royals baseball. I'm excited. This was our probably my favorite pod to do last year when we did it. So now we get to come back to the Royals and they're actually a little bit more relevant. I'm just saying for any of you guys out there trying to hype up the Royals now, we were first. We were on them first. Yeah, I think if I think correctly back into my time machine of a brain. You do think. Last season, we really liked their moves even though they were really small and meaningless. And this offseason, nothing has changed. We really like their moves, even though they're small and meaningless. My yeah. love for the Royals goes way back. By that, I mean a whole calendar year. A whole so calendar year. 365 days of just, like, romance. I was actually in contact with mm. Netflix today about making, like, a, lo- a romance documentary about mm. us. But they couldn't meet my number, so we had to shut it down. Um, but <laughs> but the 2020, Ro- 2020 Royals, they were a team, man. That's what I'll say about them. They're 26 and 34. They didn't live up to the expectations that I had for them in my heart. Yeah. <laughs> but they were a team. They competed. They were semi-competitive throughout not many storylines to latch on to. But they competed in a, in a very competitive AL Central. They were pretty irrelevant, I think. Which, mm. it, it sucks to say. But they I really, were. just thinking about the year, I just didn't remember their name a lot. Which sucks, because we were so hyped about them. They just didn't have... They had Brady Singer come up. He almost threw a no-hitter. That was fun. That was but fun. that's the only... An almost no-hitter, where I think they lost the game, if I remember correctly. I actually have no idea, so I should, probably shouldn't say that. But um, I'm just assuming they lost the game. And that was the highlight of their season, kind of, so... <laughs> um. <laughs> For, honestly, I I agree. Like it was it was weird because you want you wanted them to be relevant really badly, but they weren't. So mm-hmm. that that made me I was big sad about that. But there were some bright spots in the sense that just seeing Kansas City those uniforms on the baseball field any day of the week makes me happy. So that's that's mm-hmm. exciting. And also, I feel like Royals fans are kind of diehard. I don't think we give them enough credit for that. Um, they are, yeah. In 2014, 2015, when they made the World Series, then came back the next year and won the World Series. Kansas City was like, this is a baseball city. It was crazy. It was. And you, the front office came in this offseason. They were like, all right. So the We Got Ice podcast is really high on us. Mm-hmm. I don't want to let them down again because I played shuffleboard with Zoe on the weekend. So I need to make him happy. So let's make some moves. Let's make our fan base happy. Let's sign some guys. So that's what they went on and did. They brought back Mike Miner, Wade Davis, Carlos Santana, Michael A. Taylor, traded for oh, my boyfriend, Andrew Benintendi, and then picked up Hanser Alberto. Those are some moves, dude. Those aren't. Those are like, hey, don't forget us. We're we're alive. We're not just a flyover state. Those are a handful of guys who people didn't think would go to the Royals. They thought they would be an interesting pickup for a competitor, like Mike Miner, Wade Davis, and Carlos Santana. Um, even Benintendi, people didn't really think he'd land in the Royals. So I think that that kind of says that are the Royals maybe. Going for it in the Royals' way of going for it? Or is this what we've seen with other teams of them just loading up for fan service? But I feel like these are almost like such interesting and intricate, intricate moves. It makes it makes my little heart hope that the Royals are actually trying to build a squad. It gives my little heart joy. I agree. Yeah. And if you look at their lineup, dude, they kind of got... They got a lineup now. We got Whit Merrifield leading off, followed by Andrew mm-hmm. Benintendi, then Salvador Perez, then Carlos Santana, Jorge Soler... 
Alberto Mondesi. I don't know how to say that. I apologize, Mondesi. you king. I apologize. You have a great name. Hunter Dozier, Michael A. Taylor, and then Nick Lopez rounded it off at second base. That's a lineup, dude. The middle of that lineup, if Andrew Benintendi can be what he was from for the 2018 Red Sox or the 2017 Red Sox, Salvador Perez just hits 333 at batting average last year. The guy can just rake. And you guys remember him from those 2014 and 2015 World Series runs. Carlos Santana, also sneaky good hitter when he's on. And Jorge Soler can hit the home run with any any guy in the league. Benintendi, um, Santana, and Soler is like an almost really good middle of the lineup if they're all playing like they can. And Whit Merrifield can also swing it too. So there are some guys who got some bats in this lineup. My only concern for them is that I feel like it's too many guys and not enough dudes, if you know what I mean. Yeah, they don't don't really have a dude. Um, Carlos Santana's like, he has been a dude. He's almost a dude. He's like an underrated dude. But he's not he's not a dude. There's a difference between a guy and a dude. And I hope that we can yeah. all recognize that as baseball fans. And that's what they need. But I think the the spot where this Royals team kind of fi- fails, for me at least, is spinning the ball. That means in a rotation. Because I look yeah. at this rotation and I don't see anything that's really going to help. Like that lineup can mash all they want. But this rotation I don't think can carry them. Very far into the season, you got Danny Duffy leading, starting off as your ace, followed by Brad Keller, Mike Miner, Brady Singer, who actually I really like, and then Chris Bubik. So I look at that rotation. I like Brady Singer. I think he's a good young arm, but I don't like Danny Duffy near the top of my rotation. Terrifies me. Yeah, the, the rotation isn't there. They got Mike Miner, um, but kind of an old man Miner, Miner, and uh, he's we, he's not finding any diamonds with the Royals. If you know what I'm saying. All right. All right, maybe I'll find that 200 strikeout ball that he let drop. Oh, roast, bam, <laughs> get wrecked. Um, but they got, a, they kind of got a little bit of a pen. I think this be interesting because we saw like some players that they lost, include Trevor Rosenfall, of course, the legend Alex Gordon retired, and then Khalil Lee was recently traded away in that free team trade with um, the Mets and the Red Sox, where Andrew Benintendi got shipped out. So you go back and look at their bullpen because I feel like the Royals are sneakily becoming like. The revival spot for old dead bullpen guys. Trevor Rosenthal yeah, they brought back last year, and then they just signed Wade Davis this year. Maybe they can resurrect his career. Yeah, I, I'm really not sure what you can get out of Wade Davis. Um, I also don't know if he's going to be like fully healthy. Uh, so I think this bullpen is pretty poor, but it also doesn't matter because they're not in a spot where they need a good bullpen right now, if that makes sense. Um, no, it, it does, but I think that maybe they can kind of, if they can get Trevor Rosenfall what they did with him last year, if they can do that for a Wade Davis, or like even Greg Holland, they kind of helped bounce back last year. He was nuts last year with a 191 ERA in 28 inning pitched. Um, 31 strikeouts, only 7 walks. He was amazing last year after struggling. So if they can kind of do that with Wade Davis or another guy that they keep bringing in and like establish themselves as like, you know how the Rays are becoming like the pitcher gurus? If they can become the bullpen yeah. gurus, yeah. <laughs> that's good for a market like Kansas City who's not going like, to open the wallet up. I do sadly think this is more of just like a nice signing to like appease everyone. It just feels wholesome. He's not even guaranteed to make the opening day roster, so we'll see if that even happens. But um, I think Stamont, Josh Stamont, throws like 101, 102. He's fun. I think he's a good young reliever that they have. But then other than that, I think it's just um, it's it's up in the air. But also, we're spending too much time on the Royals' bullpen. I think, if anything, it's the rotation is poor. Um, 
So, we, I mean, we glossed over that, but I think their lineup is a lineup. If you're a Royals fan, that's what you want to look at. You you might be able to score some runs. That's how you're going to win your games. you got to outscore your opponent. Uh, I would just like to take some time to say that you can never spend too much time on the Royals bullpen, and I would like to <laughs> apologize, you to apologize for even suggesting such a thing. So, okay. ouch. But there are some maybe some young guys on the horizon who can come back and help this team out. they got free top 100 prospects. The number 7 best prospect in baseball in Bobby Witt Jr., who's projected to make his MLB debut this year. So if you're a Royal fan, hang your hat on that. You also got left-handed pitcher and right-handed pitcher Daniel Lynch and Jackson Coar, who are both projected to make an impact this year. They're ranked third and fourth in the Royal system. And as we talked about, the Royals desperately need some starting rotation help. So maybe they can come out and help that help settle that in, give like that young feel for the 2022 Royals and make this season interesting if you're a Royals fan. Yeah, the Royals definitely have a bright future in the starting rotation. They've drafted a lot of talented um, rotation pieces, which I think is good because they're recognizing they have no one and they have no plans for no one. So I think in last year's draft, they got um, Asa Lacey. He's um, projected for 2022, young guy, but he um, great name. high draft pick. Yeah, I think I feel like he was second or third overall or something really high. So they're definitely high in him. So I think that's a good sign. That is a great name. You got me all like, you got me thinking on the inside with that type of name. I'm mm-hmm. like, ooh, Asa Lacey just spinning it tonight. You got to love that. Um, so, Jack, I have a question for you. You're we're obviously as Royals buffs. I feel like we're a little bit sour on them this year than last year. It was weird because they're definitely better this year. Um, looking at that team, is there a world where this Kansas City Royals team can mash their way to a contention wildcard spot? I. With the lineup, yes. I think they don't. They didn't go for that. They had the potential to go for that. I, I'm just their rotation just isn't working. Um, but I mean, maybe we're overlooking something. Maybe I mean, Miner could have a good season. You got I mean, Duffy. Maybe he can do something. Brad Keller, Brady Singer, P- Bubik puts it together. Some young guys maybe have breakout years. Very young rotation. Very young rotation. Um, it but, is a very young rotation, but I get that gives me hope though that the younger does, it, I don't want to see old man Danny Duffy spinning it for the Royals or Mike Miner. I want to see if you're going to be bad, at least get some young guys who maybe can stick around. Yeah, the AL is open. It's an open wild card year, um, but it's more I open don't than your wallet. They're <laughs> because I spend a lot of money. <laughs> that joke did not land. Keep going. Yeah, it's not. No. Um, they're not better than the Blue Jays, um, than the Rays, than kind of that other, even like the Indians. They're just not on that level. Um, Can they I be in the B tier, though? Can they compete in the B tier of the AL? So we got the AL, the S tier, or the A tier. We got the Yankees, the Rays, the Blue Jays. We'll put the Twins, the White Sox, that type of echelon. Then you got the B tier, where you got maybe the Astros if they don't have a rotation you got the Angels you got the Kansas City Royals well one of those teams Red Sox the Red Sox are going to be better than we think could that be the Kansas City Royals I say yes I think that a lineup like this with young hopeful pitchers coming in could potentially push you to an 82 win team maybe an 84 win team in a bad AL you'll need a lot of things to go right but I think that there is hope if you're a Royals fan you don't have to completely give up on the season yet. So the thing is, if you ask a professional, if you ask a statistician, if you ask a smart person, if you go based off of numbers and science, 
they're going to tell you no way in hell. But people didn't think that about the Padres. Mm -hmm. People didn't have, I mean, it's all about their gut feelings. And my gut feeling is saying the Royals are going to finish closer to 500 than we think. I agree. So that, I'm, that's I'm kind huge of on that feeling. I think this team's going to be a little bit better than people are going to give them credit for. I think they're going to sneak up us, sneak up on us this year. I think everyone's going to look at this team and be like, oh, the Royals are kind of, are the Royals fun? I think that's the question. That is the question that's going to happen this uh, season. People, The Royals are going to hover around 500 in an AL that's not going to be incredibly competitive, and people are always going to be like, can the Royals do something? That's what's going to happen. If you're a Royals fan, you're going to be at the deadline, and people are going to ask if you should be buying. And if that's the conversation, you should be happy. I agree. Quick note on Benatendi. In my head, I think this is a big pickup for this team. I think there's obviously a lot of potential. But when you look at his 2020, he basically didn't play the whole year. And when he did, he hit 103 with zero home runs and a 314 on base. You see, here's the thing about Andrew Benintendi. He wasn't bad in 2019 to start. He was really good the first couple months. And then September was one of the worst months of his career for him. He stunk in September, and that absolutely tanked his numbers for the season. But if you go back and look at his 2019 numbers, they were pretty good. Like, he wasn't bad. In 2019, I'm pulling it up right now. Um, in 2018, I mean. His 2018 numbers, he batted 290. He had an OBP of 366. So he could he could swing it a little bit. But then if you go to 2020, even his end numbers, he finished with a 266 batting average. Like, he wasn't, it wasn't horrible. I think he can be something. I really do. He did finish with a 266? In, 20, 20, in 2019, he did. And if you take out... Oh, I'm 2019. Gonna, I'm going to try to take out September, so talk about something. I'm going to try to get you that exact number. Because I yeah. know he was actually good for the first couple months of the season. Uh, if you're a Royals fan, I think Andrew Benintendi is exactly the type of player you want to see. Somebody with upside who could potentially get its things back going for you and maybe help be a part of your core. Like in 2018, 830 OPS. That's a good season. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, I do think we're we're going back three seasons now. I think the um, the numbers from 2018 maybe get a little more flimsy when you're looking at what can this guy provide for you this season. But also for the Royals, this is a win-win because you gave up Frenchie Cordero, and I mean, I just you lost Khalil Lee, but you also got some guys back um, from the Mets. So it, it's an it was an interesting trade, very weird trade. I got the but numbers, also, by the way. Okay, Benintendi doesn't have to be great for you. He really doesn't. But if he is, he can be a part of this team's future. I agree. But if you go back, I'm telling you, man, if you just take out, so we played, what is it, uh, 21 games in September and October of 2019. And then how many games did he play in 2020? Uh, you said he played He had 52 appearances. I'll find the amount of games he played. But he played 19 games in September and October of 2019. His batting averages throughout the season from April, so in April he hit 265, May 250, June 312, July 301, August 291. He had a 900 OPS between July and August of 2019. That was not that long ago. Then September, he batted 141 with a 462 OPS in 21 games. And then obviously he had the terrible 2020 where he played 14 games and batted 103 of a 442 OPS. So you take those 35 games out, he's a major league hitter. Yeah, so with this, you can go 
two ways. You can say, Ben Attendee used to be, I mean, what, like, a year and a half ago, he was killing it. Really good two-hole hitter on this Royals team. But also, you can say, since then, he's been horrible, and the Red Sox said, it's time to move on. That's fair. I'm going to make a little, take your notes, guys. If you are a betting man, Ben Attendee is going to finish the season with above a 270 batting average and above an 800 OPS. Take your money on that. I'm, I'm guaranteeing it. And then we're going to be like, wow, look at that guy for the Royals. They have another hitter in that lineup. I think Ben Intendi's getting way too much slack for honestly just a what looks like a rough, a slump. And any regular yeah. season, that's a slump. I'm hoping he now on a new team, he doesn't have that pressure and he Agreed. can be healthy and just kind of go out and ball. But it does, it, it's tough for him though, because if he is great, he pro- does he get traded? I don't think Again. so. I think the Royals probably hold on to him. He has two more years of team control, and I, I think the Royals want to be good by in two years. I think that's their plan. That's true. That's true. So I think he's safe there. But after talking about this Royal team, I'm kind of, get, I'm kind of getting gassed up about this. Do you have anything else you want to hit on? Um, I don't think so. Just I mean, their lineup is the, is the exciting part of the team, and the Royals really haven't been exciting in a long time. So it, it's fun to talk about this. the Royals having a lineup that you go out and see every day. That's true, and I, I'm kind of excited about Hanser Alberto. I know he's like a non-roster invitee, but he was on. He's just like he was on their bench in 2020, and I don't know. Did he end up going? Did they lose him or did they sign him? I thought. Yeah, they he was on the up, Orioles. They, yeah, they, they signed him, him, and he kind of slugged in 2020, dude. He had 283 with a uh, 306 OBP and a 393 slugging percentage, so he can hit a little bit. 700 OPS player with a 280 batting average on your bench. That's not bad. Yeah, yeah. Interesting that the Orioles moved on. I'm not sure why they Probably did that. They were there like, must have been a good and we want to lose. Yeah, contract reason or something like that. Money. Um, but yeah, d- good pickup for them. Yeah, I like. They, they really, they're really forming an, an interesting lineup of like B tier players. They ex- that is the perfect way to put it. They took everyone's third best hitter and put it in a lineup. Maybe like fifth. Fifth best, fifth best hitter and put it in a lineup. Yeah. Like, hey, we'll take your five-hole guy. We'll take your five-hole guy. We'll make him a two-hole guy. Carlos Santana has a sneaky, been a sneaky good hitter in his career. So I actually really like that yeah. pickup for them. He can, he can yeah, He also it. was, he was also like kind of good, and I mean, he he hits home runs. He's he struggled the past like the past couple years. He hasn't been as good as he like used to be. Twenty nineteen though, like that's kind of the years that everyone was good. He was he was really good that year. So that was also the last full season. That is true. So that's what we're going to use. Last full season, Carlos Santana yeah. had a two eighty batting average. So if, you, if Ben Intendi and Carlos Santana can just be what they were in 2019, this team is going to swing, and they're going to be good, and they're going to be competitive in that B tier of AL teams. So, Jack, we obviously know there's a lot of hope for this team. Mm-hmm. Oh, we want you wanted to talk about uh, the changing of the jersey number? Oh, yeah. So we talked about a lot about the important stuff, um, but we left out the most important news everyone's asking for. Kevin Gutierrez did change his number to 19. So there you go. Yes, you're welcome. Public service announcement. Mm-hmm. But I got to ask you, so obviously this team is going to be good or contention. That's how I'm putting it. They're going to be contenders. <laughs> they are contenders. But how are they going to look? What's their uniform rank? I'm putting the jerseys at probably a strong four. I, the jerseys are really, really nice, and I think 
when a team looks good, they're going to play good, obviously. And I think this Royals energy just translates into these those beautiful fabrics that Nike has created. Fabrics? That's, that's <laughs> a don't. great term. That's a, that's a good way to describe a uniform. I got them coming in at 4.8. It's not a strong 4.8. It's a light 4.8. I don't think there's such thing as a perfect uniform, but looking at these guys, they look as clean as you're going to get in those Royals. If the Royals were like serious World Series contenders, I might have to go 5. But they're not good enough for that yet. Yeah, I, I have them at a 4. If they make the playoffs, it's a 4.5. It's a 4.5. 4. 5. Exactly. Ooh. Is that that's interesting? Does the uniform gets better as the as they go deeper into October for every team? Like the Rockies uh, uniforms in like late October is just nice all of a sudden. There is a baseline. Um, you if you have a bad jersey, like if the Marlins are in the playoffs, it doesn't matter. But um, I think if if a team like the Cubs and the Red Sox is in the playoffs, their jersey gets a little more magical. I can agree. So now, obviously, we got to tell you guys, we just spent this whole podcast hyping up the Kansas City Royals. So, Jack, where at the end of 2021, when we finally get to see the playoffs come around, where are the Kansas City Royals going to be? They're not a great team. They're going to surprise some people. I have them coming in at 76 and 86, 10 games under 500, way higher than I think people are guessing. Um, but I, I, it's literally just a gut feeling. Don't ask me why, but I just... I kind of feel like they're going to win. They're just going to sneak away some games. They're not going to be anywhere near the Twins or White Sox, but I feel like they're just going to squeak away wins, and this is going to be one of the turning points. Maybe they have kind of a fun offseason next year. I like that pick so much so that I am going to ride alongside you into the midnight. Into the night. Into the midnight. To the midnight. <laughs> into or any time. I think we should keep a unison pick for the Royals because they mean so much to us. And I think that's mm-hmm. a solid pick. That's much more than people are giving them credit for. So I like that. Good job, Jack. Way to work together. That's what we do. That's what we do indeed. And that brings a conclusion to another episode of the We Got Eyes podcast. The 30 for 30 rolls on tomorrow. We got another daily podcast coming for you. But in the meantime, did you think we had a good opinion on the Royals? What is your record? For the Kansas City Royals in 2021. Make sure you guys follow us on social media at We Got Eyes Baseball on Instagram and TikTok. Comment your projections. Leave a rating if you have the time. And we'll see you guys tomorrow. Take it easy. Have a safe show.